and welcome to the Next Gen Enterprise Podcast Series, brought to you by Hollow Spirits. My name is Anna Nienke, and in this podcast series, I will talk to all those who are doing the future of work. These pioneers and experts will share their successes, their best practices, but also their failures and any interesting lessons they've learned. So we hope this podcast will be an inspiration to all those on their journey towards a new way of working. Also, don't forget to mark your calendar for March 26th and 27th of 2020 and book yourself a ticket to Paris because we'd love to see you at the Next Gen Enterprise Summit organized by Maeve, Manpower, Octo Technology and Hollow Spirit. Visit thenextgenenterprise.com for more information and tickets and I hope to meet you there. Thanks for tuning in today and um, yeah, let's get started with today's guest. All right, Michael, great to have you podcast welcome thank you very much um uh, before we get started maybe uh, you can give a little introduction of uh, who you are what you're doing um anything interesting you're focusing on right now um we love to know a little bit more about you all right well i'm i'm currently you know or actually i'm i'm kind of a hybrid uh, person because i'm doing research in self-organization and transformation into self-organized systems like holacracy but also other kind of uh, self-organized systems and by the same by the same time i'm also doing a little bit consulting in this uh, in this field so i know a little bit also about about uh, you know the practice is concerned about transformation into holocratic or self-organized systems so I've I've been doing that for let's say the last uh, couple of years, and uh, meanwhile, uh, uh, within my group in Zurich at the Zurich University of Applied Sciences, we are pretty much focusing on this transition issues into self-organization. There's a couple of things related to that: uh, leadership issues, power shift issues, uh, also process issues, uh, decision making issues, and all those uh, kind of things. Um, I- I hear you mentioned a lot of issues. I will really want to dive into that later. <laughs> so have you tell us all about that. Um, so yeah, you, you mentioned uh, Zurich University, you're a professor of psychology there as well, right? Yeah. And, um, and um, what I've also I've read something of yours, you're, you wrote a paper called Hope as a Framework for Positive Organizations, um, in which hope is uh, spelled as an acronym for higher order purpose of existence. Um, maybe you can tell us a little bit more about purpose. What is purpose? Why is it important for, for, for organizations? Well, it depends a little bit on, on from which perspective you are answering this question. You know, this paper I, I, I was developing as an outcome of my relationship to Indian colleagues <clears throat> and in the Vedic scriptures. The idea of uh, purpose is very prominent and is very important. And by the way, also we learned that from uh, from the uh, from the from the Jews in, in Israel. I mean, the, the the religious Jews in Israel. There is a, a stream called Hasidic psychology. The Hasidim are the, are the one part, one stream of the religious Jews in the, in Israel. And that's the same idea is very prominent. And the idea is that you have a call, you have a duty when you come to this world. It's not just by chance that you just fall into this world as a biological whatever <laughs> thing or machine, you know, and then you try just to survive in the, in the perspective of uh, maybe a Darwin 
but you have a call, you have a duty, you have something to do here. So that's the idea. And the purpose is important, so because this is kind of a gives you orientation, it is guiding you every day. And it's the same in organization, the purpose, what are we doing and what for are we doing the things? So this is important. But you know, in the Vedic scripture and in the Hasidic psychology and in other belief systems throughout the world, there is another idea of a more spiritual level of uh, purpose. And this is higher order purpose of existence. That means you have a idea of, let's say, the, the connection of you and others and others and the entire universe. Let's put it this way. Wow. So there's an interconnectedness, you know, that the things you are doing have an impact to others and what you are doing as a group as an organization as a, as a family as an organization as a nation has an impact to everything and we are currently observing that pretty much when it comes to all these uh, you know eco uh, uh, issues we are debating and discussing on the carbon footprint and all those kind of things there, there, there you know you can see it that it is very concrete and spirituality is not just a freak idea Nice. So this was the starting point of this paper of hope as a higher order purpose of existence. So there should be something more than just the, the purpose of a organization in terms of we are, we have the means, uh, we have economic ideas, we have a market, we have customers and we do something useful. There should be something more. What is the impact on the long run for the society if you do so as an organization? So basically, it's it's your your uh, purpose of existence, uh, not only for you as a person, but also for an organization. What you contribute um, uh, to society, I hear you say. But um, it, that that sounds all very lovely. But uh, once you have defined this purpose, um, what then? How do you make sure that it's really lived uh, lived through uh, in the company? Yeah, I mean, the question would be who has to uh, make sure that it is uh, being lived in the in the in the company or in the in the organization. And now, this is what we learned from. Uh, we did a little bit investigations on ashram organizations in India. So a couple of students went there two three years back and investigated on on the in, on the question if ashram organizations could serve as an example for positive organizations. Mm-hmm. And the learning there was that that uh, the ashram is an organization, is not a physical structure. The physical structure is helpful for some reasons, but is not is not the main thing. You know, the ashram is here. The ashram is within you, and the same is uh, true for the purpose in an organization. It's not somebody has to make sure that uh, anybody else is uh, working or thinking or behaving according to purpose. It's it's you, you know, uh, in resonance to what the group called an organization is representing, and and then you know there the story starts. So it's not somebody. It's not in the. This is old style thinking. I think that that, that somebody, you know, that the god, the, the leader figure, the the charismatic, uh, whatever boss, you know, or person is uh, making sure that there is alignment. It's you know there is a strong idea, and it's like a gravitation gravitation field, and you you come into this gravitation field and you want to contribute. You are proud of being part of this 
movement, organization, production line, or whatever, whatever, uh, whatever it is. So that's the idea. You know, there is resonance. We call that resonance. So the thing, the things you are, uh, the things you are, uh, the things which are important for you, you know, are more or less in alignment with your environment. And part of the environment is the organization you work for. And it sounds beautiful. That sounds like an organization I would want to work for, right? <laughs> With a clear future. purpose. Yeah. Um, at the same time, I do see organizations who have the, spent time uh, to really define this beautiful purpose, but then it sort of um, it moves to the background or um, it changes a lot and people forget, oh, what was our purpose again? So right. that, that, that ideal picture that you describe is, is something that uh, not every organization uh, accomplishes wh when they uh, define a purpose. So what, what are some of the uh, challenges that you see organizations have or, or why, that, uh, wh why, why does that happen? Why, why, doesn't, why doesn't it um, always become this, this uh, organization that you just described? Yeah, but first, before before I answer that again, mm -hmm. you have to keep in mind that we have to distinguish be, be, be between the purpose of an organization, the higher purpose of an organization. This is two different things, you know. If what you is the difference between the two? If you lose the track with your higher purpose, higher order purpose, then you then you are really running in a in a big problem, you know, because then you lose uh, the reason why you are living. If you only lose the purpose as a, let's say, day-to-day -day orientation, that's not a big a big problem. I mean, that's kind of natural. We, we, all of us, you know, we forget things. We have a plan on the New, New Year's Eve, you know, there is resolutions we, are, <laughs> we, are, we make. And then we start with fresh energy, the January, February, uh, we do that, and then we gradually we forget because there's a lot of distraction. We are lazy people, you know, we, we, we prefer to stay in the comfort zone that's very natural. So what is uh, required is that uh, that you remember from time to time and that you look back. This is what we call reflection. Mm -hmm. Usually you go retreat and reflect and you think about it and then you you know you uh, all of a sudden you discover or you rediscover again that there was something which was important for you and that you lost this. Sometimes this is after six months. Sometimes this is uh, happening after ten years or twenty years. We can see that also in the career of many, many people, you know, when they turn 40, 45, maybe 50, then pretty often there is a point, a point in time where you look back and you think, my goodness, what I'm doing here, you know, I lost my tracks, I lost my path. But this is good because then you have the, the opportunity to, to, to make uh, new decisions and either you just stay in the comfort zone and you continue or you have a chance to readjust. So it's it's not a problem for me, you know. As long as you have the the higher order purpose is there, then you can get distracted, you know, and do other things left and right. It's not a big problem. It's natural. So how, as a company, do you define your higher order purpose? How do you know what it is? How do you get to that? It's mm, a good question. It's not uh, it's not that easy, you know. You usually we cannot. Uh, apply the, the 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 mainstream tools or whatever tools we have uh, to get an understanding of the higher purpose. I don't know if you are familiar with the with the ideas uh, uh, presented by Otto Schammer, theory U. 
for instance. You, yes, but I don't know if all the listeners are familiar theory with. Group. So maybe you can introduce it a little bit. Ah, so the theory U is a is a is a process where you come to new insights. Let's put it this way. It's an epistemological, uh, let's say, process where you come to new insights, and it starts from you know the left in the in the in the upper left part is a U curve model. Mm -hmm. U curve model. It starts in the upper left part with the downloading. Downloading means that you you observe the world, you perceive information. And you put it in uh, in the already known, uh, let's say, uh, cabins of knowledge. And what do you mean with the already known cabins of knowledge? Uh, you know how to come from your place to the to the train station in Amsterdam, for instance. So the, you know, you just you you leave the house and this is automatic. You get go in the automatic mode. Uh, irrespective if you ride the bicycle or you go by tram or metro or taxi it's automatic mode because you have do you have been doing that so many times you're absolutely right, familiar yeah. with that you don't have to think about it right right that means downloading that you uh you can just uh put what uh, the, the, the perceivement you have you can just put that in uh, in let's say the the, the, the traditional or the or the the, 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 the already uh, used way you, uh, you you have been doing that for for, the, for for many many years. So then comes seeing and sensing in 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 in, in the way of uh, you perceive the information as if it would be the first time you see that. Mm. Although you have been seeing it many many times. So you are looking at it uh, uh, with a fresh uh, perspective, in a fresh perspective. The seeing, sensing means here, this, this, this area is sensing, all right? It's and you're pointing only, to your belly, so from, from belly. your belly. It's not, it's not only um, the cognitive thing, is sensing, is feeling, you know? Then, come, then comes the presencing. The presencing is a artificial term he was coining. And this is a combination of presence and sensing. So in the presencing phase, you know, you can a kind of feel the new pattern, attractive pattern of the future. But it's not, it's not quite clear. It's more, this is a spiritual, a spiritual thing, you know. Mm -hmm. You can feel it, you can grasp it in any, but it's not concrete. Then comes uh, uh, crystallizing, prototyping, and implementation. I mean, this is what we usually do with design thinking processes. You know, we make it concrete in a prototype. So, uh, so the question was, how can an organization uh, come to the higher order purpose of existence? So, for instance, exactly. this uh, proposal of uh, Otto Schammer with theory U process would be very, very helpful. What do you see? Um, that it, it can't all be like this. Uh, this beautiful picture of uh, everything going right from the moment that you have uh, defined your purpose. Um, what do you see? What, what challenges do you see companies have, or what do you see companies struggle with, or what kind of failures have you seen, mistakes uh, that maybe you've learned from, and that other companies could maybe avoid? You mean connected to or, or related yes. to, the, to the purpose? Yes. I mean, one of the, 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 the antagonists of, uh, of purpose is fear. 
And uh, the, the other one is that uh, it's always risky to make uh, to make a difference, you know. Although you need to make a difference in in a in a in a, in a competitive market, you need to be. That's the, a contradiction. You have to be different, but at the same time, the same as everybody else. Mm. And a fear, I think, this is the most important uh, driver against uh, the purpose. In what way? Ways that people would say this is naive. Uh, as you also, you were in, you know, uh, let's say a bit pointing to that when you say it's a beautiful story and it sounds beautiful and it sounds, yeah, it sounds naive. You know, it just could not be the truth in a competitive, neoliberal, uh, capitalistic uh, system. Um, so usually the, the 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 financial guys come will come uh, on, on the stage and will say this is uh, it's nice if if you if you want to um, to do that please uh, follow follow the path but at the end of the day we need to, uh, figures and the numbers this is most important yeah so so you have a discussion and the debate in the organization among uh, different uh, let's say. Um, Power holders or different perspectives, and there's a fight going. Uh, there's a fight going on, and sometimes you know the good guys are winning in in terms of uh, the purpose is important. Sometimes the financial guys are winning, and if it is coming together, and also the financial guys are part of a higher order purpose of existence, you know, then there is no contradiction anymore. There's only different perspectives and different governance uh, ideas of, of the organization. And for uh, it, it's absolutely clear and for sure uh, financial aspects are important as well. I mean, there is other kind of everyday ongoing problems in organizations. Um, but this is not uh, the problem. I mean, the, the organization actually is a, a means to solve the problems on an everyday basis. An organization with no problem would be a dead system because then nothing is to do anymore. Nothing is to do anymore. It would not work. So as, as human beings and as organizations, we need the problems because the problems are the material. You know, we are, let's say, the nutrition uh, and also a part of the, the purpose. Why are we here is to solve problems. Yeah, that makes sense. And um, uh, um, but I do understand what you're saying. Like uh, you want to define this 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 higher purpose, um, but some people might think of it as a beautiful story or say it's naive. And I could understand that organizations um, people might have their reservations about it because it, as an you still need outcomes. Um, how do you deal with that? With that. Um, um, resistance or with that fear? Well, first of all, I would say, uh, you know, entire humankind is full of stories. It all started with the story. So people sat around the fire, you know, and then they were start talking, you know, in their specific way. Maybe not this elaborate we are doing uh, nowadays and uh, you know, today, but uh, I think this is the entire uh, humankind of stories. So also in organizations, it's about stories. The market is a story, the customer is a story, the product is a story. 
you know, and maybe this is more a materialized story, but if you sell services, for instance, I mean, look at yourself, I mean, what you are doing, what you are offering to organizations is nothing else than stories and storytelling. So what is happening? I mean, you come as a consultant, you know, introducing self-organization and, and bringing more motivation and joy to the workplace. What is happening actually is that organizations or people in organizations are talking about the same things differently. And this is nothing else than storytelling or story dealing. We could even put it as a story dealing. Um, so what was the question again? <laughs> How do you deal with uh, the resistance against uh, or people saying that purpose it's it's like a, a, a nice story but it's naive? How do you deal with the fear and, and the, the resistance? Would you say that it's um, because people all have their own stories it's it's then important to change the to change the story or to, to change the way that people view the story? Well, I mean there's always a couple of stories. Sometimes, uh, you know, stories of fighting each other. Um, so we have to take the fear as, as a, if, if the story is a fear story from a, let's say, specific perspective of the organization, we have to take that very seriously. And uh, in many cases, the fear is a good advisor. So you should take this seriously. Uh, the question would be, can we, uh, let's say, uh, how to put that? interweave are uh, the fear story and uh, the, the positive story or the, the, the purpose story or the higher purpose story is that could can could that be part of a common or a joint or a mutual story or is this just two stories apart from each other fighting hmm. so you know I would I would maybe I would suggest let's make a fire sit around and <laughs> let's talk about it you know so what is the what is the thing behind the fear so what is the concern so what it is what it, what is it representing and, who, and 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 maybe what is this good for and all that is naive beautiful are purpose-driven stories you know what is it good for and then maybe gradually we come to a, a joint a mutual a story in the organization and think if you if you see if you are part of an organization which has a, a joint story or a mutual story then you can really experience that it is very very powerful and very joyful and very very positive you know so but it's not always uh, working like that I mean we can stimulate a little bit we can facilitate we can help uh, to come to this story, but it's not always happening. The same is with the love stories of uh, two people. You know, you meet in the beginning, and every everything is just pink and wonderful. Then after a couple of uh, I don't know weeks, months, years, you discover there's also everyday life. You know, and it's not all, all not, not everything is just uh, positive and wonderful and great. And some of the couples they can uh, let's say develop to a mature state of a relationship and still enjoy each other and don't, you know have uh, many many kids and it's working beautifully and others just after a, half a year or or, or some time they uh, split up and they get divorced and that's the same as in organizations you know you never know in the beginning what the outcome will be. Exactly, you can never know. It, it, I, I still, now I really have to think back on, uh, on your, that paper that you wrote. That um, the acronym frame, uh, hope as a framework for positive organizations. Hope is higher order purpose of existence, but it's also the word hope. Um, you, you, in your paper, you, you talk about how 
organizations they need hope or like uh, this this sort of um, uh, hope for a positive outcome but not really being sure um, can you can you talk a little bit more about that how hope um, plays a part in, a, in in an organization well this did I think I think is, is a very important uh, emotional and, and psychological uh, driver for individuals as well as for organizations if you if you could be sure that tomorrow the world will end then you know it's it doesn't make sense to put a lot of effort in a podcast <laughs> of producing not at all i think you would do other things then if you would be sure but there is right. still you know there is still the implicit let's say implicit hope that tomorrow is there's going to be another day and uh, maybe there is going to be a a wonderful day, a better day, at least a good day. So this is the hope. And if, if you don't have this, let's say, idea of a little bit stability throughout the timeline in the, into the future, then, then you fall completely into the depression and, and, and nothing makes sense anymore. And therefore, hope is, uh, is uh, important. And also, you know, as an individual, uh, as well as an uh, organization, you face good times and you face uh, worse times. So that means uh, when you are in the down phase, you know, the, the, the market is not responding in the way you expected, the customers are complaining, the money is not coming on time, and all those kind of problems you're facing every day, you know, and then you need the hope that tomorrow it will it will become better. Otherwise, if you if the only idea would be it is a, is a downhill, let's say right uh, with no end you know I don't know if I don't know if you will have the power and the energy to uh, wake up in the morning and uh, to go to work and to continue probably you won't so therefore uh, the hope is hope is absolutely existential you know the, otherwise we, we won't do the, the, the things anymore right and how would you uh, then uh, in, in an organizational context define hope is that is that one-on-one uh, -on -one, like your purpose is is something hopeful that you um you strive toward or how would you explain that i'm not sure if i really got the question maybe you can expand a little bit on that well you say like uh, um if if there's no hope if you if you say like tomorrow the world will end <laughs> then there's no maybe no point in in doing what you're doing but what is the opposite of that so what do you need in opposite of that? In opposite of the hope? No, in opposite of like uh, the world will end tomorrow, so there's no point in doing what I'm doing now. Um, what, do you, what do you need? Like, um, How would you define hope? What is hope? In I mean, look, look, look. I mean, what is happening now with uh, this entire uh, uh, eco movement, the Greta Thunberg, you know, mm -hmm. Uh, the Friday for Future movement and things like that. I mean, there's this only hope, hope that now things will change, that somebody is taking responsibility or a couple of people are taking responsibility, doing the right things, meaning doing the right adjustments, which will be uh, hurtful, definitely. For instance, as I told you, I'm, I'm coming to Amsterdam this afternoon 
And if I would take the thing seriously, I would not go by flight. Although it's convenient and you know, in time, in terms of time, it's 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 it's, it's very comfortable. No, I would go by train, a mm. couple of hours from Basel to Amsterdam. You know, so I, so it's going to be uh, uh, hurtful. But this is what this is hope. You know, that hope that the young generation says if if things are not happening now. We won't, we won't have, for sure, a good future, future in the next two or three decades. And, and, and now what's happening, right? Greta is, you know, going to, uh, uh, to U.S. And, and talking in front of uh, United Nations. It's a pure hope that, uh, you know, a girl, a 16-year-old girl, and a little bit of a movement, a little bit of people uh, aligned to that idea can change politics and uh, decisions uh, throughout the, the, the planet, you know, this is pure hope. The same is if you start, I mean, what is your personal hope as a consultant, as a, you know, passionate with the self-organization? Your hope is that you have an impact. The hope is that you really change something, that you have a positive impact to the organizations you consult and that the things will be better in the future. That's the hope, right? Otherwise, you would not do that. You could just go, you could just be an employee in a bank, you know, uh, uh, playing with the symbols on the computer screen, you know, all day long, have a good salary, a good pension fund and everything, and then enjoy your life. But no, you are not doing that. You have to hope that you have an impact, a social impact, a personal impact, and that the things, uh, uh, you know, which are important for you are equally or to, to, to a certain extent, also important to uh, the people you are consulting. If you are a startup company, you have to hope that uh, you, will, you will have a good product and you, will, you can sell that for a good price and it will have an impact that it will change something. Uh, maybe you are also looking for good customers and good clients. You, maybe you're not uh, looking for any kind of a client. You want to have specific clients. I don't know how it is for you personally, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very happy if I have good clients in the sense of uh, there's a resonance between the way I think and I work and, and my client and they are not just buying a service, you know. This is all hope. Yeah, I find it so interesting. There's so much more I want to ask you, but we're already uh, at our, our 30 I'm minutes done. almost. <laughs> so um, I want to thank you a lot for everything that you've already shared. And maybe this is just a lot of food for thought for a next podcast, maybe. Um, so, but for today, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It was thank lovely talking much. to you. It was you. a pleasure talking to you. And thanks for this uh, opportunity to talk a little bit more about your ideas. And we, we can uh, continue. I mean, we will meet at, uh, at the conference in, uh, in Paris. Maybe there are other opportunities as well. Definitely. Um, well, good to speak to you. And um, hey, also you. to um, listen. Thank you for listening. And um, have a great day. <laughs> okay. You too. Take care. Okay. All the best. Thank you. That's it for this week's podcast. Thank you for listening and I hope you'll be back next week.